Before we begin, let me tell you about our Storyline training courses at masterstoryline.com. If you're brand new to Storyline or want to improve your skills, Master Storyline has video tutorials that will teach you how to build real courses professionally. Use the discount code VIDEO34, all one word, to get 10% off the first year. Hey man. Hey, how you doing today? A bit sleepy to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit late <laughs> when we are recording this. Yeah, well for, for you. For you, for, for me, for me, yes. For you it's a nice toasty afternoon. That's exactly right. <laughs> I have a tip for you. Okay. Uh, you'll never guess in which app application. Is it Storyline? Is it Rise? <laughs> no, uh, it's Storyline. It's Storyline. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's a man, and I'm talking, uh, you know, the Big Lebowski. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes there's an object that it's, uh, it, it could be a text box. And maybe some of it it's covered up or so on, and you want to select the object. And so the only way to do that is basically to find, you know, the the border and click on it. Because if you click inside, you're you are already, you know, editing text. There's a cursor blinking there, and you're in the edit mode. So so there's a simple way that you don't have to search for that border, you know, by the pixel and click it. So what you can do is just click inside the box. So the cursor starts blinking and you're like editing text. And at that point, you just press escape. And it's sort of you exit the editing text mode and the object is selected, you know. So at that point, maybe you want to set everything to bold or uh, align text a different way or something, something like that. Because otherwise, you know, if you're inside, there's Mary, the 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 setting could be maybe applied only to that paragraph or a, or a word, but in this way everything is selected nicely and uh, you win the day. Yeah, that's nice. I you know you'd think at this time in my life, having used a mouse for so many years, I'd be able to have some precision there, hitting the exact <laughs> pixel I want, so I could select those boxes. But uh, yeah, sometimes I can't. Uh, I stumble a bit. So being able to just hit escape uh, to uh, select uh, outside of just the text is a very nice thing. Yeah, I was just thinking why why, why I have had this approach with some of my objects just you know, today, actually. And it was because it was, there was a, someone else was developing this course that I, that I was editing, and there was a group of text boxes, you know, which means first you would have to click the group and then you have to click the text box to get the to get the text box selected. So um, that was just too much pain for me. So I just went ahead and clicked inside the text box. You know, got the cursor blinking, pressed escape, and I got my text box selected. You know, otherwise you're you're doing twice the you know careful selecting of things. I'm really really not a fan of selecting things when when they are in groups. It's I I, I almost don't use groups because of that very reason, but. Yeah, but still, that that trick applies. Yeah, very nice. Awesome. Now, our topic today is recording and editing, you know, video tutorials, screencasts, and we're going to go through, like, what should be your preparation, what's your setup, and, of course, recording, and and, and at the end, the editing. So, Dave, I hear you've done a few of these uh, screencasts before, right? I have done uh, quite a few of them. Yeah, I mean, I certainly have my 
the channel thing I have, the YouTube channel, but then we do a lot of things for work, uh, uh, you know, for clients and things. So yeah, yeah, we have to do quite a, a few of them. Of course, we have our podcast, so we go through a process with that as well. Yep. Our first bullet here is goals. So what are you trying to do? Who's your target audience? What do you want to record? Uh, where is this going to be shown? What software are you going to use? You know, are you going to use video, like recording yourself? Uh, also, next to the screencast itself, it's all, you know, <laughs> these are all different ways a screencast can go. Yeah, I think uh, whenever you're going to do anything, you've got to figure out your goals. Because I know there's some cases where it's like, oh, I, I'll, I want to uh, provide information or I want to show how something works or... Sometimes I'm even recording something to uh, uh, help someone know that I'm running into an issue, you know, and they, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, so um, who, who knows what it is, but you have to come up with your goals and then hopefully that leads you to know what the best kind of method is. If it's just a screencast or even a, a video of yourself, you'll see in some of my YouTube channel stuff, the learning locker that yeah. it'll be video of me. Um, maybe introducing something, and then we go into a screencast sort of thing, and there's audio and all sorts of stuff. So, mm. yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. And once we've considered all of those things, uh, we start with an outline, like the script. And there are basically two ways you could go with the script. You could, you know, be super detailed, write everything, record separate audio and then video and edit everything and so on. So that that's one way. And another way another another way is just to have a rough script, practice a bit and then just record and talk all in one go and you know you could be done like in 15 minutes the thing could be recorded with minor edits. Yep, and I think often I prefer to do the rough script approach. I think you mm -hmm. do as well, where it's just kind of like you, you get prepared enough and then you just you basically do the thing live and record it and have minimal adjustments after the fact. Um, yeah. But sometimes you run into the case where you want to, maybe it's one part of a bigger uh, course that you're building. And so you have to really fine tune that script to make sure you're covering exactly what you want and that you're not, you know showing something you intend to show later or whatever it might be. So in some yeah. cases, you want to spend more time, write a more thorough script and um, kind of uh, record all these elements and put them all together kind of in post. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, you, I think you'll determine what works best as you uh, tr you know go through the process yourself. Yeah, let me mention uh, uh, like a process of a project I'm, I'm working on at, at the moment. It's like it's a big job, bunch of videos. And uh, so the t detailed script was written and we have it like in a, in a spreadsheet. So then the script is written in, in, in like in one column and then the other column is actions that me as an editor and recorder have to do. Uh, and then there's also audio that was recorded by someone, well, like a voiceover person, of course. So what I have received is, you know, the script, the spreadsheet with the voiceover and the actions that I need to take, uh, the voiceover thing, and the access to the software. It's basically an online tool. So uh, I go and record that, so, and the, the action, you know, action column has to really be detailed because 
this is like the tool I have never seen before. So maybe I have to go do a dry run just to click on things and see everything is. So there's, there, there are no surprises. Sometimes it might be tricky because maybe I, I'd click a button which can't be uh, like, un, I, there's no undo at that point. So I have to be really careful that I record correctly. So I record the thing, you know, I have the, I get the, I get the recording and then it's, you know, putting it all in, in editing mode, stitching together all the parts, uh, uh, you know, audio, video, uh, maybe in, intro, outro part. And then we, we have this end, end result, which is great because it's a professional voiceover. Everything was scripted. You know, my, my, my mouse wasn't going anywhere unexpectedly because I knew exactly what are my steps in this process. And also why this project has been prepared in this way is because now after these videos, and there are, I think there are 42 of them, hmm. they are now going, going to be recorded again, but with a Spanish voiceover, with a Spanish interface, and then also in Portuguese and in Chinese, and maybe there's even one more language, which, which I'm forgetting at the moment. Uh, so in that way, it's really great, because uh, let's say I'm working on Spanish at the moment. I I can, for me as a like person that's recording and editing it's really nice because i can check the english video i can maybe remind myself of what i was doing then i go you know through the spanish recording you know i know where the buttons are and so on and then it's the syncing which is a bit more tricky but it can be done with some adjustments so yeah this project was set up because of all of these extra languages that need to be done and without this process i mean i don't think it could even work yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, preparation. That's that's our keyword here today, preparation. And that goes into setup as well. Uh, you know, I think uh, the way mm -hmm. you set up everything is going to be really important to the end result because there, there's going to be some editing at the end, very likely, I should say. And But you want to minimize that. So in in your determining the best setup, I think, is really important to that. And um I think we've got a couple things here, but I think one thing to talk about is just the microphone. You know, let's oh, talk yeah. about audio. That comes down to, in a lot of cases, the microphone that you have. Um, and I think a lot of people, they they want to sound as good as they can affordably. Um, yeah. And I know yeah. that, what do I have here? A Blue Yeti mic? Yep. Uh, what is that, 100 bucks? And you've got a, a mic as well. Um, that is a, a good quality mic, um, mm -hmm. but I don't think you have to spend too much money, and you can do quite a lot with uh, yes with a lot of the mics out there right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and also there's this effect of like the higher the price, the smaller and smaller the gain of the quality. Mm -hmm. So probably around if you spend, I mean, Blue Yet is 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 already a great mic, but I think you, if you spend like if you can afford like between 100 and 200 bucks, that's totally fine, you know, because then the higher you go, maybe you find the mic for 600, but it's like 5% better than the one that's $200. So just pick something in that range. You could go cheaper, no problem. I, I know that uh, just a few, I don't know, months ago, Blue uh, released a new like Yeti Mini, something like that, which is cheaper. Mm-hmm. And also, like, in one month, there will be Black Friday. 
you'll get it super you'll get a great price on amazon so you can definitely get a good mic for for a a good price and also i mean i would say just don't be too afraid spending the money cuz it's not like you're going to use it for you know one time it's it's forever i have this mic here for i i think i have been i think i have been using it for like 8 years and i mean it still works i i think i just switched the preamp at one point cuz that that one ah doesn't matter <laughs> yeah but although if you if you are plan if one of your goals leads you to really need a good setup with a really good mic and you know you might be in a couple different situations um where just a kind of desktop mic doesn't work for you um there's a lot of other options and always feel you can go to a professional out there and say hey this is what i need and they could probably point you in a good direction even set you up and just let you go after that you know kind of a one time deal yeah. i know we work with some people and they're like okay this is a good mic for your environment you 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 really need some high quality professional uh stuff this is the best mic for the dollar for what you need and there you go here's how you do it and they leave you and you can you're you're uh haul in the mail <laughs> yeah yeah uh also minimize the noise around you and the echo for example yeah if you have a totally empty room uh, like maybe you know there's the problem maybe in office environment like that the conference room is 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 empty you can go there it's quiet however there's an echo it's a big room there's not much furniture there and that could be a problem but you can you know you can mitigate that maybe you know you could put a few chairs around you <laughs> put a sheet over your head and you created this mini studio. Uh, I mean, it, it's possible to do that. But echo, sometimes you don't, you're not even, you don't even realize there's an echo until you hear the recording of yourself. It's like when you take a photo and you, you don't notice all the cords and plugs, you know, in the scene. It's like, uh, suddenly my, oh, yeah. I didn't yes. even see all that stuff. But um, yeah, <laughs> and, and you can buy, uh, you can fairly cheaply too, you can buy the... Uh, the foam, foam um, yeah, 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 uh, sound dampening foam, uh, and and put that on the walls. And there's a lot of websites out there that kind of show you best pla- placements for that in your own situation. But mm. and a lot of things will create noise too. Um, there's that. There's I know I've run into my my laptop vibrating on the desk. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> what have we run into? Uh, my, my my cord wrapped around in uh, wrapped up and then near my cell phone. Yeah, uh, we've we've run into the, our air conditioners on and off. Um, I think I always have to run up and let my wife know that the air heat might be off, and um, then I run downstairs <laughs> yeah. as quickly as I can. Uh, so there's all sorts of things that are gonna cause little noise uh, noises. I we've even have had where like I've had like um, a can of Mountain Dew sitting next to me, and just the bubbles are like, and you don't want to spend. 40 minutes recording something and realize you've got oh, no. some noise that is di- more difficult to get rid of. So yeah. pay attention to your environment. I think that's yeah. uh, that's a, a a big thing you can do up front to minimize your editing later. Yeah, yeah, also, and, and you know, and to, to, to keep some nerves there, yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, audio clipping, as you're actually recording yeah. um, into software, and now I typically use Audacity. Um, what, what do you use? Currently, I am I am recording in Piezo. It's just a 
just a voice recording app that I can, I can select which tool I'm rec- recording. For example, I'm recording Skype now. So I'm in one channel and you're in the other channel. So it's easier mm-hmm. for synchronizing later. Uh, but yeah, no, but I have, I think my preamp already takes care of clipping. Otherwise, you have to be careful about it and, and check your, your levels in the, in the, like you do in Audacity, right? Yep, like I'll keep an eye on my levels and, you know, every once in a while it'll clip, but for the most, for most of the time I can see if I'm going to clip or not. And basically that can, uh, that can cause you some, uh, some difficulty later on. Now I actually will, I'll kind of keep an eye on it when I'm recording. And if I see that I'm clipping, basically going too loud, um, I will kind of pick up and re-record it, you know, um, just on the fly uh, and then use the good take. So uh, it's important to kind of get your setup to make sure you can see when you're clipping and then you can handle it later. Yeah, yeah. And and clipping is really, uh, it's like a hard, it's a hard issue once you have it because it's, it's, it's not easy to get rid of. I mean, there are some really expensive pro software. There is some really expensive pro software out there that can, you know, help it a bit. But once something is clipped and it sounds terrible it's really hard to fix so just be careful and prepare up front so you don't have these problems because they are really unnecessary problems if you just take i don't know five ten minutes to see how close you can be to the mic how you can adjust the settings of of the software and so on yeah yep just keep messing with it till it sounds good (laughs) and then uh what that leads us to uh so next is software but what is software dave (laughs) <laughs> what is software? Uh, so, well, in this case, there's kind of two softwares here. Yeah. Of course, there's the software we use to record the screen, record the software, but there's also the software that you're recording. Um, and uh, in that case, we want to make sure that that software is is prepared for what you're going to record. Um, yeah. And just I've run into a couple of cases where, you know, we do a lot of storyline recording, and there's not a lot of configuration to that that's going to be too far from what someone's going to see out of the box. But I've been in other cases working with clients where they'll have us record their their software, and mm-hmm. they'll give you kind of a sandbox. And it's like, okay, there's no users in here. There's no things that are kind of prepared yeah. for me to... I can't even go up and click on that button because it's not unlocked, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's just... You want to kind of do some dry runs on the software that you have and make sure that it's really prepared for you to record on it. Yeah. Um, now, that's one thing. Should we talk about the other software too? Just how do you record the software itself? And I, I typically use Camtasia. And what do you use for that? Also Camtasia... Uh, there's a Mac version, and, but I should also also mention that for for Mac OS, there's also a very popular app called ScreenFlow. Mm-hmm. I think I think it it's like it's like the main Mac uh, recording software because Camtasia I think it's primarily with PC. Then it was you know ported or just re re uh, redeveloped for the Mac. And also, if you don't have any of those uh, softwares. You can use QuickTime, which is already uh, a part of the Mac OS. You can open QuickTime. There's a f- new screen recording. You can select part of the screen or, or, or just record the whole screen. And you can select if, you're, if you want to use audio while recording or not. So that's like super quick way, <laughs> quick way to record in QuickTime. 
Nice. Yeah. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about it when we talk about recording here in a bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, there is a lot of software out there. So uh, look around and see what you might be most comfortable with. And then I want to talk just briefly about video because I do talk about or I do have some video of me in some of my uh, yeah. YouTube videos. And I know a lot of people want to maybe have a little bit of video of them. It's kind of nice to introduce something and someone see who you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, not not everything we do is in a computer. So sometimes you want to have video of something. So we're not going to talk too much about it, but um, just keep in mind that in a lot of cases you can use your, uh, if you've got a nicer camera, like I use it, I have a DSLR, a Canon T3i, which is a little bit older DSLR. Uh, it works great. I can record good video. L- lighting, I've got a pretty cheap $50 lighting set, just some LEDs on tripods with some umbrellas to diffuse the light a bit there's a lot of cheap stuff you can buy to shoot a video and then just keep in mind that your environment is a set so um, look through the camera and see what you need to adjust to make sure everything visually looks the way that you expect it to but really outside of that I mean we could go into a lot of detail but that's probably another podcast it is yeah, a lot of the setup and other things are going to be very similar to how we set up the mic and the software and everything. It's just preparing, looking at it, and uh, ultimately doing a, a test run. So there's kind of there's kind of two ways to do a test run. I'd say the very first time you've ever done this, you'd probably want to go through the preparation and then go through the steps that we'll talk about in just a minute, recording and editing, and just do a test run, a dry run of everything and see what your end product looks like. You don't want to necessarily do a perfect, do your final version without mm-hmm. doing a little mm-hmm. bit of prep. Um, so that's all I meant there. Yeah. So once, you know, all the preparations are done, you, your equipment is ready, you know what you're, you're going to record. You can do just like a, draft version of the final product you can go through all the steps you know maybe talk while you're doing it if if you're going to be the speaker you know click on the items click on the objects try everything you see maybe you know maybe there's something you missed and it's a good thing to note uh for for the future uh, recording and you just go through everything and see if something you know sticks out or not and after you're done you can you can check the recording see if maybe you can you can tweak some things maybe you need more preparation maybe the files were not ready on the desktop you were searching for that image you wanted to import in in the software and so on so it's nice to do just a quick recording go through and see if everything works yeah i agree just basically go through your process like you're recording the first thing and uh, you'll notice you'll notice gaps. You'll notice you might say you might notice. Oh, I I don't even have a conclusion on my script. Um, you'll notice things that you'll want to correct before you do the final recording. Yeah, uh, it'll save a lot of time. Uh, they always say like with podcasts and various things, even TV shows. That's why they shoot a pilot. Do the thing. You know, you'll throw out, you'll throw out your first uh, your first podcast or your first. Uh, um (laughs) no doubt the first time you go through this because uh you won't want it but it certainly certainly shows you a lot of things you should do and then i think out after that i think the really important thing to do is document what works you know um write it write everything down you know like i've got written down um the settings i have on everything the software i use even when i'm using my uh 
my DSLR, my camera, uh, where did I have it positioned on the floor? You know, I do a lot yeah. of documentation so that a, a month from now, if I have to do it again, I, I want to get the same general feel, same look, same audio, same everything. Yeah. So write it down. Yeah, especially with the, I mean, with the camera, because maybe with software, it's, it's easy, you know, maybe it's a few clicks, but with the camera and tripod and so on, if you, if you have not marked your floor to where the tripod is supposed to be the next time, then, you know, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> I, I've got tape down on the floor right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause, cause there's no other way. I mean, that's, it's, a, that's just hardware. It's a bit messy. So you're going to put some tape on the floor. That's, that's, that's video recording for you. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like on your uh, like on your microphone, you might have gain control or some knobs on the mic. Sometimes it's good to write down where things are at on there because uh, it's really easy to yeah. hear. It's really easy to uh, record something and come back even like an hour later and it'll sound different. So um, you'll, you'll yep. notice these things. It's, uh, you just have to deal with it sometimes, but you can't minimize it. I think it's time that we jump to recording. So audio, audio recording. So this would be a version of the, you know, more detailed script where you would record the audio separately before doing the recording of the software, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you could team it up with the screen capture. Um, they are two different things that you're doing. So I would say either way, depending on your approach. Uh, but again, I, I use Audible for my recording, so... Do you mean Audacity? Oh, yeah, Audacity. What did I say, Audible? Yeah, that, 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 this is what I was also looking at before. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, we're not even being sponsored by him. Um, yeah, we should. Maybe we will be. Uh, okay, Audacity, that's what I use. Um, a lot of software out there, like we said. I will basically get my script. I'll start... Uh, talking into the mic, I'll have my, I can see my, what's being recorded so I can kind of keep an eye on, out to see if there's excess noise or audio clipping and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And then um, basically I just go through my script. If you're just recording the audio, I guess you could do this either way if it's screen capture or audio, but um, be prepared to screw up because oh, yeah. I do it all the time. We've done it a ton in this podcast. It'll be edited out, so we sound perfect and awesome. But um, you'll screw up and be prepared to kind of keep track of where you are in the script. So if, if you have to, if you mess up and you have to pick up, you can kind of pick up from just a sentence prior rather than the whole script. Sentence is enough, yeah. And also be be careful that. If you're fixing something, don't record it the next day. You will sound differently. <laughs> yes, you will. So just do do it in one sitting. Yeah, you you will. It, it won't work right. I guess we came to the 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 I don't know uh, star of the show, the screen capture. Yep, screen capture. Yeah, and again, you might be doing audio while screen capturing, but again, they're yes. two different things. So when you're focused on capturing the screen. And I think we mentioned I, I use Camtasia often. You use ScreenFlow, maybe even QuickTime if you need something um, and you're on a Mac. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, how do you, uh, what do you pay attention to when you're doing uh, screen capturing? Yeah, I think the, the main thing is the mouse because that's the thing that the focus is on for the user. So I would just say have a nice, smooth mouse movements 
don't be quick you know jumping around from 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 uh position to position uh and there is no action on the screen and maybe someone is talking or something else is going going on just have the mouse cursor be at the same position all the time don't move it around unnecessarily because it this will be this will become very handy in the editing process where maybe you will have to stitch two items together maybe you cut out something and at that point it will be really nice that the mouse cursor was in the same position all the time otherwise you have to do some strange fades or something and the cursor will jump from here to there which is not great Mm -hmm. so i would just say you know click stop and click stop or maybe sometimes i click and then i just move the mouse away because maybe there's a radial button and i don't want the mouse to be over that uh you know circle so i would just click and move it away and then i would i would stop and pause and wait for me this was a big big part of the procedure for the project I mentioned before, you know, because it was all scripted and I just needed to click on the item and then move the mouse away. And then I, in the editing process, I could easily adjust that uh, edit to the length of the voiceover, you know, because when I'm recording, I'm not listening to the voiceover. I'm just looking at the actions that I need to do. So I just click there, click, 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 and then you, you know, you can fix all that lengths in, in post. So I would say just click on what's necess- on what's necessary, then stop, and you know it will be super, super handy for the edits. Yeah, yeah. Think of the mouse as like a pointer, you know, and you don't want that pointer to be pointing out things that uh, that uh, <laughs> you don't want it to. Um, I'll typically like move the mouse cursor off the screen when I'm not using it, and then I kind of swoop it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and the, you can in some of this software control the visibility of the mouse cursor or the size of it or even putting y- mm-hmm. you know uh, effects on it so you can see where you're clicking and things like that but it starts yes. by making sure you're not too uh, obnoxious with the cursor <laughs> yeah. uh, itself yeah. and outside of that there's also screen resolution do you want to talk a little bit about uh, about that yeah so if this were 90s i would say well sometimes we record <laughs> at 640 by 480 or the big computers have 800 by 600 in Super VGA. Was <laughs> that too far? Oh, too far back. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say that the minimum should be something of the like the small HD, you know, one twenty-eight by seven twenty. Did I say that correctly? Twelve hundred and eighty by seven twenty. Uh, I think that's the minimum, you know, computers are, uh, I mean, uh, resolutions are are greater, uh, screen sizes are bigger, and I think that the the smaller HD video would totally work also, like on a small iPad. Uh, I think I would go with that as a minimum, so uh, 1280 by 720. However, you could also go to full HD, so... 1920 by 1080 that's totally doable by you know today's standards uh yeah so go go ahead and 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 use a high resolution because for me uh, maybe i i sometimes click on a tutorial for storyline or something just out of curiosity to see something and then i see this low resolution which is, seems so unnecessary for by by today's standards so i would just go I would say go go high resolution. I mean, no one uses a 
know, super small screen. And even on the smaller screen, like 13 inch, resolution is so high that it's no problem. Details are visible. Everyone will, will be able to see what you have recorded. Yeah, I agree. I always try to record to my screen's top resolution um, because, and we'll talk about this in a second, when you're editing, you sometimes want to zoom in, um, focus on things, and if you don't have the resolution to do that, uh, you're, yeah. it's not gonna, the quality is going to go downhill very quickly. So, um, and, and record as big as you can too. You know, you've got, if you're on a Windows machine, you've got your start bar at the bottom. Um, you might have other elements on screen and you want to kind of minimize that. You can turn yes. that off. So you're really just focused on your, uh, on your screen. Yeah. Also, you don't want to see, if you're doing a lot of editing, you don't want to see the time or the date, uh, jumping around. Yeah. Um, no. so, um, yeah, just record as, as large as you can. Yeah, I agree. And also, speaking of screen resolution, once you pick the one that you are going to use, uh, be consistent. You know, if you have a series of videos on the same on the same topic, you should have the same screen resolution because it it would it would just seem right. Otherwise, it, <laughs> it would look unprofessional if the screen resolution is jumping from you know one video to the other sometimes the buttons are bigger sometimes or they're smaller that that's just no good you don't want to do that yep and yeah just another thing when recording uh there's a nice feature on the mac called do not disturb it's the same as as, as on the phone uh and that disables you know all the notifications that come on screen so that's really handy to do uh i always use that when i'm recording and of course, you could also use that on the phone when you're recording so it's quiet or just, you know, put the phone in mute. Yeah, I have watched a couple of videos uh, not too long ago where I would see the email come up, you know, from like Outlook or something. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's breaking some NDA of someone's uh, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> GDPR police will be all over you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is it for recording. So now we're on to the edits. So Dave, what do you do with audio? What do we do with audio? Um, you know, I should add one more thing on recording first. Um, just save your work. <laughs> yes. That, well, once smart. you're done, you spent a half an hour file, save, save it. Uh, I'm sure there's a hundred other recording things that we didn't talk about, but that that that's good. So you've recorded your project, you've got maybe a whole bunch of takes, and there's a whole bunch of bits and pieces of things. Now you want to edit it yeah. all together. And uh, the first thing that I do is uh, I take a look at the audio, and I um, I basically remove the noise. And there's a lot of these programs like Audacity have, um, what do you call them, uh, filters and things to remove mm -hmm. noise. And um, if it's if the noise is too great, it's it doesn't do that great of a job. But if you've got a little bit of noise, it'll clean that up. You won't even hear it. It'll sound nice and sharp. Um, but but then um, I like to remove breaths. So me going, yeah, <sighs> you know, I remove all those out so the audio is nice and clean. Yes, I uh, normalize the audio and adjust uh, the levels a bit. And everyone's different in how they like to to edit. I don't know. Do you have any preferences and how you uh, in any of your settings i usually do a, like for this podcast we 
we do sound a bit more radio DJ. Yeah. So I, I think there there's there's some bass and uh treble adjustment there. So mm-hmm. we have a bit more bass and more more uh middle uh frequencies. Those are um uh, those go up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And then of course you want to edit out all your bad takes. Of course. And uh if you do a good job of recording and you leave gaps and things, that's usually not too bad, but sometimes you might have realized that you just slurred a bunch of words together and you really need to take one word out and that becomes a lot more difficult and let, let <sighs> me share, let me share an anecdote so maybe maybe you dear listener won't make the mistake I did so I was recording a voiceover for just a Slovenian company like a, like a colleague uh, e-learning company that sometimes you know they, they gave some work to me and I was do, doing just a voiceover, just a voiceover. And it was just some stupid text. And I don't know, I think I was fixing something or something. And at the start of the recording, uh, I, I press record and then I say, okay, let's record this shit. And then I start start reading the text. <laughs> in so, English? No, 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 it, this was in Slovenian. Because the text was in Slovenian and I was just like, oh, okay, let's record this shit. And this is a literal translation. And how does that sound in Slovenian? Dejmo posneti to sranje. Perfect, okay. Uh, okay, this is just what you were expecting. Um, so I, I record that and I didn't do any edits because I, that was my instruction, just record everything. I do that and I leave that sh- shit part at, at the beginning because I totally forgot about it. And I save the file and I send it to my guy. And my guy didn't check it and just forwarded it to the client and they heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, the wow. next day, I, <laughs> luckily, well, that, I mean, there were basically no consequences for me, which was great. But he just, he just sent a Skype message, dude, you didn't, you didn't delete the message at the start. They heard it. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I thought you were going to check it first. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, don't do that. <laughs> That's my advice. Don't do that. So, don't do that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, so edit out bad takes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yep. It's a good public service announcement. <laughs> yeah, I I end up with, I, and I'm, I don't know where I'm at as compared to someone else, but I end up with a lot of takes. Um, yeah. If I, I if I mess up, or I want to clarify something better, I'll, I will just pick it up and say it again. So, um, but it does take a while to editing is not a simple task uh, in in a lot of cases. Um, but uh, and but then we go before we go before we go uh, before about we go. editing. May, maybe I can just mention because you mentioned Audacity, but I don't use mm-hmm. Audacity. I use an app called Reaper, like the Grim mm-hmm. Reaper, but it's without the Grim. Right. Uh, uh, it's a PC and Mac app. I think mainly PC because it's ugly, but it's it's a fantastic app. Uh, it also great. I do the uh, podcast editing here, and also great for edits of uh, voiceover, which is for me when editing very similar to podcasts because I'm just throwing stuff away that it's crap and you know pulling stuff together so there are no holes where i deleted things uh because the reaper is really good it has this 
uh, it has this ripple editing, which means if I if I grab an item and drag it to the left mm, or right, mm-hmm. everything that's you know forward of the item is stitched together. You know, so I can just quickly, quickly fill all those gaps together, and it's it's great when I'm doing voiceover. And, and if there are many mistakes, just delete. You know, move together, listen again, and um, it's great. And also first to get those gaps automatically, there's a, a auto trim. No, auto split function, you know, which goes through the whole file and just deletes everything that is like quieter than a certain setting. And then you have the, the, the holes sort of, and then you can just move the items around, delete, delete the certain items and so on. And Reaper is also really cheap. So I would, I mean, if you don't have an app currently, I would encourage you to check it out. Really. We'll, we'll put the links in the show notes and you can find the show notes at dlearningguys.com. Mm, nice, nice plug. Um, and then I would say too, if we're going to talk about screen recording here, you might be in Camtasia. Some of these tools, like getting rid of ex- excess noise and things, are filters and some things that Camtasia has as well. They have some some of their tools, you know, work with the audio as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do your audio in other programs. And sometimes you'll, if you record everything at once, you'll want to edit in often in uh, in Camtasia or the program that you're using because you don't want to kind of get your uh, your audio and your video out of sync. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah. And also I would just mention with, with your editing audio in Camtasia or like any other app, uh, I would say the process is first do a split of a video and audio track you know, mm-hmm. and then you can just manipulate the audio and make, but still be careful that you don't move it out of sync. Um, and about editing bad takes, so we're talking about the video now. Uh, you know where I meant when before when I mentioned that you should keep the mouse in the same position and just wait and then move it again and so on. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe I click something wrong and or or I go back and redo a recording, but. It's it's still I I keep recording all the time because I do all the ed- edits later. So maybe I click on something and then I see oh no this was wrong and then I I do it again. But of course the position of the mouse the start position before the move, you know it's it's really it's it's almost impossible to to be the same as before. So what I do is try to be as close as possible to the previous mouse position. And then move it toward direction that I'm gonna go. So it's basically the same movement, but maybe the start position is not totally the same. But then in the edits, what you can do is just edit while the mouse is moving. Moving, you know. So when it starts, you have maybe the old recording, and then in the middle of the move, you switch to the new new recording. And like 99%, it it's perfect. I mean, even I, who edited, I I cannot tell that there's an edit <laughs> there you know nice. it's really yep. so smooth so this is a really nice trick because um sometimes i actually really do record maybe just a part maybe a day later because something was wrong or i don't know what you know because these scripts are quite complex and, and uh, maybe something is not set up right in the back end i have to do it again and that's a great great way um you know just to transition from one clip to another seamlessly so throwing it out there yeah more great advice i would say too 
a lot of people want to put little kind of bumper graphics, you know, intro, outro, mm-hmm. maybe lower thirds, you know, which are like when you're seeing a news guy talk or a news person talk and you see their name on like a thing underneath, that's called a lower yeah. third graphics yeah. kind of lower on the screen like that. Um, you can add some of those in programs like um, Camtasia and whatnot, but, you know, there's also a lot of websites out there where you can download samples uh, if you do use After Effects um, or sometimes they're already pre-rendered and you can kind of download an MPEG for and add it to the front of your project and put your own name and stuff in there. So there's a lot of other resources that you can look for to kind of add that little polish to your project um, that you can just integrate into what you already have. Mm-hmm. But then I would I would also say um, that what I like to do is I like to edit it all out and then add my zoom and various effects uh, kind of afterwards. Um, mainly that's because I do a lot of editing. And what I used to do, yeah. which was a bad way of doing it, is I would kind of uh, edit and then zo- you know, like zoom in on, like let's say I'm going to click on the file menu and I really want people to be able to see that. Well, the resolution is pretty high, so it makes sense to kind of zoom in on the, uh, on the menu as I click on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would still be editing down the line, and so I'd be like, oh, wait, now I, I cut it here. Now it's two clips. Well, the second clip isn't zoomed in. Um, and in some of these programs, the zoom only affects the clip you're on. So I, I really like to uh, kind of edit it all down, get rid of my bad takes and everything, and then do all those extra final effects afterwards so that I've, I've got kind of a clean thing I'm working off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. I would also mention freeze frames. Uh, this is uh, mm-hmm. if you have a like whatever is on the screen. If you add a freeze frame to that, you know it's it's like the same image, and you can extend it, and it's just the same image all the time. So this is basically again part of that uh, process of clicking and waiting and clicking and you know leaving the mouse alone, because like I said, it, it, for my process, I just I try to record as fast as possible, you know, why not? I mean, time is limited. Which means that usually I have to extend that recording video because of the voiceover, which might be, I don't know, 20 seconds where nothing is happening. But I have only 5 seconds because I'm clicking again. So at that point, you know, you just, before the mouse moves again, you just split that, that clip into two clips and then you just extend the freeze. You just extend the last frame uh, with a freeze frame option, and you extend it to extend it all the way uh, to the length of the voiceover. And uh, if you if you have a Mac and Camtasia, it's, you you just uh, hold the option key and just drag the last frame like you would extend the clip, and you you get a nice freeze frame effect. And it's really nice because every time you have to sort of put some sort of filler video in there because the audio is longer or something like that that's that's the best way to go and you can just you know adjust it maybe make it shorter make it make it longer it depends on the audio and what you want to do with the edits but that's without this i don't know how i would be able to do the edits that i do now uh yeah i use free free stream all the time i i typically because i do a lot of my projects where I will record the audio separate from the video and I'll end up with like 
I, I didn't record my video to be the same length, and I've got a, got all these gaps, so I, I need to add it in. Um, so sometimes you will edit out the bad takes, and sometimes sometimes you'll uh, your editing will will uh, simplify your project, and other times you need to make it a little bit longer to fit what you need. There's always yep. uh, always things you need to do, like our podcast today, exactly. which will go through the same process. We've been talking for what about almost an hour. About 20 hours, but you're going to edit it down to probably like... Crispy 50 minutes. About 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that, that pretty much covers a lot of the uh, the editing yeah. stuff. I mean, there's video and other things, but a lot of it's the same process. Um, yeah. and, and your projects are going to be unique, so, um, you know, you'll, you'll figure it all out. But, uh, but hopefully that gives you a, a really good idea of the different... Uh, situations you might run into and things you can do to hopefully minimize uh headaches as you uh mm. develop your projects i know we we touched on audio quite a lot but maybe we we never we never contrasted it to video because you know maybe it would seem ah, oh, it's a video tutorial audio doesn't matter so much but let me tell you it does it matters a lot because it will really bring down the whole video experience and watching it if the audio is not okay. So definitely take, take care of the audio and then you know just go ahead and record the video because you're, you'll be doing a big disservice to your own video if the audio is going to be noisy and uh, quiet and uh, well not un, un, unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. I. Even if it's video, while there's a lot more stuff to look at, you want the audio to be uh, to sound professional as well. And actually, to that note, I've had some people ask me, "Does your does the audio when you're recording? Like, I might have a little video of me, for instance, talking, and then I jump to some screen captured stuff, and people say, "Does that audio have to sound exactly the same?" And I would say, "No, um, it it doesn't. It's kind of two different environments." Yeah, um, but you want it to sound professional both ways. But you, you'll uh, you'll often hear a little bit of a difference in just the way it sounds. But I thought I should throw that out there since a couple of people have asked me about that. Very good point. So, Dave, I think uh, that wraps it up. Are you on the in- interwebs? Can is there any way for people to find you to ask you something? Is is it is it is, is it possible? Is it feasible that someone yeah. could find me? Um, it, it is. Uh, you can find me at aluminumgroup.com uh, if you need custom e-learning. Uh, also, I am on uh, Twitter, uh, Dave underscore Charney, and um, I post things on there. And uh, sometimes when I come out with new videos and things, I'll, I'll post it through there. So give it a look. And how about you, Nates? Uh, how can people find you? Well, you can also find me on the interwebs. Uh, find me on Twitter under Nick NEJCD. You can add, add me on LinkedIn. Or if you uh, want to contact us for the e-learning, guys, if you maybe have a question, maybe you have a challenge for us, you can send a message through the submit form, which is available on the website, uh, theelearningguys.com. That's it for this show. Everyone, have a great day. Talk to you next time. Yep, take care and happy learning. Hey everyone, one more short announcement. On October 15th, Dave and I are going to host a webinar where we're going to show you how you can develop two advanced but not difficult interactions. Please find the link in the show notes and sign up.